0: Network design, but why? Episode 11. Woo, woo, yeah, yeah. Hey, friends, Zigbits, nerds, and geeks, welcome back for another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where Zigabytes are faster than Gigabytes. As always, our goal is to provide you with real-world context around technology. I'm Michael Zigga, also known as Zig in the community, and I am your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore and you can follow all ZigBit content at ZigBits. Today, it's just going to be me, no guest expert, just yours truly. So let's get started. Happy Friday, everyone. And today's episode is all about network design. And really, it's answering the question, why should you care about network design? Why should you care about designing a proper solution that meets some sort of requirements? To answer these questions, we first need to understand how the technical decisions were made in the past, what kind of guided them to make those decisions, and then we can kind of move forward from there into today's world and why we really need to care about these, care about network design and the technical decisions being made in an environment. So if we think about this and try to logically uh, corral the different ta- uh, tactical technical decisions that were made in the past. I can I can come up with two different types. Type one and type two. Type one is those tactical technical decisions that were made for specific reasons, and those reasons were not necessarily around design or a list of requirements. Those reasons were really because of uh, this was a generation that didn't have a lot of hardware resources on these routers and switches. I mean, this is back in the days, and I say that like it was 100 years ago, but it wasn't. Um, You know, again, 10, 20, 30 years ago where routers and switches, you know, back in these timeframes, they had only 120K, 64K, 32K, or even 16K of memory. Very small amount of memory. And their CPUs were not nearly as powerful as they are now. So you can you can take that and really understand that what we have now is light years different than what they had in these time periods. So some of the technical decisions that were made back then were made because of the limited resources these devices had. So we had to, you know, limit the number of routers in an OSPF area, for instance, because we are trying to reduce the size of the OSPF database. Or maybe we're doing some sort of link state area design to do the same thing, right? We're trying to just limit the n- the amount of memory these routers need to utilize for these tables and these databases. The final item I have would be prefix aggregation and or summarization in some form. The idea here is to reduce the amount of memory being utilized on these boxes, on these routers and switches, and also uh, how many CPU cycles are being utilized to perform whatever routing process or switching process that is. As needed. The key takeaway from this Type 1, the tactical technical decisions that were being made, is that at least we were making decisions based on a specific reason. It wasn't like we were making technical decisions just because. Without any follow through on a design without any specific requirements list or without any real backing towards that technical decision being made so at least with type one the tactical technical (laughs) design decisions it's it's a mouthful um we we had reasons right we we were trying to limit the resources being utilized on the boxes themselves so that we could run more routing processes or we could do more on those boxes that we had. So switching over to uh, the type two which I don't have a, a real good name for this it really is no design thought process at all be it tactical strategic whatever it really is this list is really these are out there items and 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 sadly I've seen all these in the last 15 years. So it's not something that is 30 years ago or even 20 years ago. It's still relatively modern as well. It happens even today still. So just going right in, um, a general lack of design mindset, a a real general lack of doing something for a reason, understanding from a business perspective or a list of requirements perspective, what you are doing, right? So the next bullet is really focusing on different outcomes and goals unrelated to the environment the networking is for to begin with, right? So maybe maybe you're running a, a network for a corporation and you're, you know, you're the senior network engineer or you're, you know, the senior architect or whatever role you're filling and instead of hey, you know, we really should do X, maybe you're building out portions of the environment for your own personal CCIE lab. Uh, maybe you know, you're know you implementing MPLS traffic engine tunnels because you want to do it so you learn it uh, for maybe some exam that you're taking. Maybe it's not Cisco specific, maybe it's Juniper, whatever. But you were doing it for a specific reason other than the underlying need of that network. And I have seen this. So this is something that is actually fairly frequent, more frequent than you would actually think probably. It's very common for a network to have a CCIE-ish Environment because someone's studying for their route switch CCIE or their security CCIE. So there's that option. The next kind of takeaway is it's a cool technology. So I see a lot of people, a lot of networks that had something implemented because the technology was. The next cool thing, you know, maybe you're implementing leaf spine, uh, leaf spine architecture, not because you need to, but because you want to, and because you want to. It's cool. It's it's the next high speed technology that you want to play around with, and you're just gonna go do it just because. So there's that concept too. The final point for this section is really an underlying bias towards a technology or design. So like, you know, some people like certain technologies better than others so some people like eigrp or ospf or isis some people like bgp from a routing perspective so if you take all those you know some people are going to be more biased towards a routing protocol than others you know maybe it's maybe you're doing static routes with policy based routing because you like it and you want to do that um versus maybe you know that organization really should have some dynamic routing protocol in place those are those are Again, high level focused on different outcome and goals versus the underlying needs of what the network is there for to begin with. So the next kind of under type two that I have is really a pretend design mindset. So think of this like someone is thinking that they have a design mindset and they're focusing it pretty much on what they would call best practice and best practice with air quotes, let's say. Um, so, example first is like I'm going to implement a routed access design with EIGRP because I'm following this best practice guide, or you know, if you're doing Cisco, this CVD, but does this meet the needs of the organization, right? Is running a routed access design. Uh, with running EIGRP the best option for that organization? Or are you doing it because you're following this, this this best practice guide to a T and you don't even realize that you're breaking certain features and you're breaking certain technologies by by implementing something like this and you're actually going to cause the business to potentially lose money in the long run? You know, there, there's that aspect too where, you know, if, if you've got a, a best practice design approach and you're going to follow that document but maybe something in that document is to disable a technology and you just go right through and disable that technology but now you just brought down you know a key component of that environment maybe just an example maybe you know the the best practice guide said to disable multicast It didn't need it for the design for the best practice, you know, use case or whatever. So you disabled multicast and you had no idea at the time that your Linux clustering application required multicast to maintain its cluster. And so when you disabled the multicast features, it actually broke the cluster. And that was maybe the key component of that, you know, application that the company relies on. There's an example, and again, that's just kind of off the top of my head, but that as an example of something that could and has maybe been done in the past, um, where someone's done that. Or in the past doesn't mean it's was done five years ago. This could have been done last year. It could have been last month. I mean, these things do happen uh, very regularly in today's world. The last item for type two is really more of a, a straight product migration um so let's think of it like you know you maybe you're in a re- refresh cycle of your hardware let's say and um you know maybe your hardware is out of life whatever vendor hardware you're utilizing you know and you're going to refresh that hardware maybe with the same vendor even and um instead of really thinking about what you need from a business perspective or a requirements perspective um you know you or whoever else in that has the the purchasing power just does a straight product migration to the next product um and says, "Oh, you're good now," and that's it, right? And without any idea of design implications, technical, you know, implications, or really the underlying business implications that now that that has, right? And it could be negative, It could be very negative, depending on what that that product migration supports and does not support. So those are those are kind of the type two buckets that I see a lot. So those are the high level, what I would call the buckets for what made network decisions or technical decisions in the past, right? So moving on to now today, when we're talking about the network today, the network is very different than what it was 15 and 20 and 30 years ago. You know, if you go back in time, the network was really just there to send data back and forth. It wasn't as heavily or even close to being Heavily utilized as it is now, and really, what I'm trying to get here is the network today is for businesses and corporations. It really is a business enabler. Um, it, the network makes the business more profitable in some fashion, either you know directly or indirectly. The network makes the business money, right? That is that is the concept. It is a business enabler. You know, we we have phone systems on the network now. You know, VoIP, voice over IP. We have video over the network now, so you do video calls, you have um, applications, custom built applications, if you're a SaaS provider or whatnot, you're building your own custom applications that rely on the network to function, right? So, and they have to be available so other people can utilize them. So the the internal users of the corporation can use them and then maybe the external users can use them as well. So those applications are becoming such an important aspect to the way the business functions that some people may not realize that all this, all these applications, all these features, all these resources are on top of a network and that that network is really becoming a business enabler for the business. Now, in some cases, maybe not most, but in some cases, the network isn't a business enabler. It's actually the business. And those cases are going to be more like if you're an, uh, a service provider, if you're a cellular network provider, um, you, you know the network is the business. So when the network is not functioning or the network is down in some fashion, there is no business. So you can understand from that perspective how important the network really is in those businesses. The overall reliance on the network in today's world has drastically changed, and I've mentioned it a couple times already, but it really has drastic, drastically changed uh, from a nice to have to an assumed to have, and it better work. And I want that that make that clear that the network is more of an assumed to have and it better work, and that was not where it was years ago. Um, and we can we can use some different analogies for that, right? So we can say like. Plumbing and electricity are in the same bucket now, right? Where plumbing, water, and electricity, you know, being able to turn on the light, turn it off, plug something in, you know, those are assumed to have everywhere and they better work. It's not, you know, maybe they'll work, maybe they won't work. In our, our day and age, they better work. It, this is where the network is being put into. It's being put into the same bucket, both, you know, wired and wireless networks. And they we assume that they're there, and they have to work, right? They they better work, um, or I'm gonna call the help desk, or I'm gonna complain, or whatever. You know, there is an underlying requirement now that the network must work. The network is becoming more like a car, in my opinion, was when it first came out. So if you think about a car, you don't need to know how a car works to operate it. All you need to know is that when you step on the gas, the car's gonna go. And you need to know maybe some some maintenance right you need to be able to put gas in the car maybe you're changing the oils and that kind of stuff but the rest of the work you're sending it to a car dealership or you know one of your your friends to do it or whatever um but really all you need to know for a car is that when you press on the gas it's gonna work it's gonna go when you press on the brake it's gonna stop you got your left and right turn signals and you got your steering wheel and you got your horn right and if your radio doesn't work you get upset (laughs) like that that's really high level all you care about with a car the network is in the same perspective now where no one cares how it works right only us as network engineers network architect really care how a network works wireless wired whatever vpn and whatever type of devices are in the environment regular users be it corporate or residential or whatever wherever you are all they care about, all the users care about is that their applications work and function as they expect, whatever their level of expectation is for the application, right? So when you are home, you specifically are home, and you pick up your favorite device, whatever it is, your tablet, your iPad, your Chromebook, whatever you might have, and you launch Netflix to watch maybe House of Cards or you know, maybe it's Game of Thrones, whatever Netflix show you like. Do you ask yourself, is it going to work? Or do you assume it's going to work? I don't think you ask yourself. So I think it's you don't ask yourself, you assume it's going to work and it's going to work. How about when you are at work and you need to check your email? Do you ask yourself, is Outlook going to function today? No, I asked that question kidding a little because sometimes when I'm at my day job, I don't know if Outlook's going to work or not because we use Outlook and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work, but that's not because of the network. Maybe Outlook's a bad example. Do you ask yourself is Gmail going to work today? So put a placeholder in for whatever Outlook, whatever email tool you use. If it's Gmail, Outlook, Hotmail, whatever, you know, is it going to work today? And do you ask yourself those questions? And I'm going to say you don't. I'm going to say you assume that it's going to work. It's become a necessity that it works the network is now a requirement for everything we do and that's the key point I'm trying to make with all of this is that the network has now become a requirement for everything we do every throughout our day right every device we have is on the network Everything we do is network dependent nowadays. You know, even our cell phones, our iPhones, our watches, uh, most of the devices in our house now are going to be on the network. Again, I can't say it enough. The network is now a requirement. That is key, right? That is a huge difference from years and years ago. And again, it's in that same bucket as plumbing for a house. Or you know sewage or um, electricity for a house, all of that is is infrastructure for a house. The network is there as well now. Network is in most cases, I would even say it's higher than cable because most people watch their shows on on the network now. You know they they watch their Netflix, they watch their Hulu, so the network is so important nowadays than it was years ago, and it's only going to continue to get important or even more so than it is today. So enough about my rant on the network is now a requirement. To answer the questions at the beginning of the episode, why do we care about network design? Why do we care about designing a solution that meets some sort of requirements? This is why the network is a requirement now. This is why network design is so important today. This is why you need to learn how to adapt your mindset and adapt your thought process so you can design solutions that meet the needs of the business. Business in that that sentence is a variable. So you meet the needs for whatever you're doing it for, right? The business, it could be a business, a corporation, it could be applications, it could be users, it could be some other identifier of some sort in that that spot. Again, you can design solutions that meet the needs of X, right? And you can get a list of requirements and just build a solution that meets those requirements. That is the key. And that's that's why it's so important today for us as network engineers, as network architects, as network designers, in, in this industry, in this this field, that we understand how important network design is, because it really is important. From that concept that you need to learn how to adapt your mindset and your thought process so you can design solutions that meet the needs of the business, you may not fully like it. I know I didn't when I first understood it. I didn't want to embrace it. But the fact is that the network needs to be a way to make a company money, directly or indirectly. It needs to be a business enabler, And in some cases, it is the business, which is a little easier to to grasp. But in cases where it's not the business, it does need to be a business enabler. It needs to make the business money directly or indirectly. Now, how that does that, you need to show the value of the network to your upper management. You need to be able to show that the network is making the business money in some fashion. And how is that happening? And you need to show that to the upper management. That gives the upper management a chance to really understand the reliance the business has on the network and really maybe put the network infrastructure, the network department, the IT team, all of the above, the infrastructure team even, in a different kind of bucket from a budgetary perspective, an importance perspective, you name it. It really gives them a chance to make some some valid decisions at that upper management level. Moving forward in today's world, you need to have a high-level understanding, not not a not a full low-level understanding, but you need to have a high-level understanding of the business side of a of a, like the corporation or the business side of the house, let's say, right? And I'm not saying you need to go out today and go spend the next two years getting your your MBA. Maybe that'll work for you. Maybe that's a good road roadmap for you for your career. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about. You need to understand some basic business terminology, right? Maybe a a business 101 course or beginners to business or something along those lines, because in today's field, in today's world, when we talk about how important the network is, we understand that, right? We know that as network engineers, but businesses at a high level, they may not understand that. So we have to put it in terms that they're going to understand that. You know, We need to understand OPEX and CAPEX, and we need to be able to turn those terms around and show business leaders, key management in the organization and different departments really what the OpEx and CapExes from a networking perspective, right? And where we, you know, where the network fits in, where you as a network engineer fit in, in that organization. And then from that perspective, you can articulate how a design fits into the business side of the house, not just from a technology perspective and a technical perspective, like me talking to you about EIGRP and building out a, a query boundary for EIGRP by doing stub routers and, you know, doing summarization to reduce the routing table and doing maybe some sort of leak map to allow routes to get back into a stub router or whatever. You know, those are technical decisions and a technical conversation that obviously we could have as engineers, but that's not something the business needs to know. You need to be able to relay information that is technical to business minded folks business-minded roles in your organization so they can understand how the network is actually helping the business. You need to be partnering up with key people from the development and application teams. And I can't emphasize this enough you need to build relationships with your development and applications teams, more so in maybe a, in like a SaaS vertical, right? If your company is a SaaS, um, a software as a service, and they're building different applications that they're offering both internal and external, um, you, know, you need to build these relationships and build these partnerships with these key people, key developers, key application owners, um, so that you can understand how an application works. really is what it comes down to. You need to understand how an application works so that you know, hey, you know, we really should put this critical application in a priority queue. Or, you know, hey, this application is using UDP traffic. You know, we shouldn't be running red or weighted random early detection on that application's traffic, right? Those Those are key Application-specific criteria, and you're not going to get that information unless you're partnering up with these these individuals, these owners of of these applications, and the, and the developers that are writing the code of the application. That that's that's the ballpark, right? You need to be partnering up with these people and helping them make some of these decisions as well, which will then get you at a higher level within the, the organization. The next next aspect, you know, we talked about partnering up with key people and in, in, in development team and the application teams, right? But now we're gonna actually need to partner up with key people in the business, right? Key stakeholders of the business, and really start asking questions within the business to elicit information. Depending on what type of company you work for and your role within the company will dictate who you're actually who you are actually asking these questions too and what type of questions you are asking but the concept here is that you're going to get information you're going to elicit information from business key stakeholders to really help you determine better technical decisions for the business for the organization you know maybe they're doing an acquisition and it's a company acquisition the main companies in the US acquisition company is in Canada and maybe there's some regulation in Canada or maybe there's a short timeline and you need to get up and running in a month versus six months from now. What you do to get it up and running in a month is very different what you do to get it up and running in six months. Maybe when you're getting it up and running in a month, you do site-to-site VPNs in some sort of mesh or, or half mesh or full mesh topology and traffic is flowing back and forth and maybe you have some some complexity because there's overlapping ip address space so you have to do some sort of natting maybe you bring in carry grade nat hopefully not but maybe you bring in some carry grade nat to um deal with that you know overlapping ip address space short term it's up and running long term You partner up with the business owners and you say, long term, we need to do this, you know, and we should plan for this. Um, Here's the cost of manpower. Here's the cost of, you know, hardware, so on and so forth. You know, you need to be able to do those things. You need to get that information. Now, while you are getting this information and you are developing and designing technical solutions that meet these requirements, these business you know, requirements, constraints and drivers, For your organization, you need to make sure that you're showing them this. That somehow they're seeing that the network is able to accommodate the needs of the business in whatever way that makes sense for your organization, for your corporation, whatever part of your organization you're in. Because if you do it in a bubble and they don't see it, then they have no idea how important the network is. The network is such an important aspect of of a company Showing them that you are being a business enabler, that the network is a business enabler, and that you are a key person on the network side making these decisions and, and making these decisions these decisions for the business, it's going to be pivotal for you moving forward within that business. I have an example of when I worked for a SaaS company, a software as a service company, Everything that I say here today regarding that is pretty much right on topic with that role I filled at that company, you know, as a senior network engineer, principal network engineer, but the problem is, is I was very naive when I was doing this this role. I didn't understand the importance of partnering up with these other departments, these developers, these you know, application teams and really understanding the application. And I didn't understand making the business a business enabler and really getting a seat at the table making these decisions. I didn't get that perspective at the time. Again like I said I was very naive. I hope every one of you that's listening there's a lot from this episode from this show that you can get from both my my personal perspective on things right but then also my personal flaws throughout my career me being naive during you know, some of my time frame at certain companies on some of these aspects, you take away at least a portion of this so that you don't have these same, these same issues, right? You understand that how important the network really is from a, from a business perspective. That's number one, right? The network is a requirement today. It, it is not a, a nice to have. You have a chance today, every day now moving forward to make these changes. You know, these changes within you, asking the right questions making sure you understand why a technical decision is being done, asking why. Asking why is the number one question I ask every day when I talk to customers. Um, And if you ask why to your application teams and your development teams, and, and not to be mean by asking why, but really trying to understand how things work so that you can properly build the network to function for them. I think that would be one of the most important things you can get out of this episode. Well, Ziglitz, that's going to wrap up this episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, answering the question, why do you care about network design? I sincerely hope you got something out of this episode. If you liked today's show, please rate us on iTunes and or provide a review. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening to this episode. You can visit zigbits.tech to join the conversation and access the show notes. Today's show notes can be found at zigbits.tech slash 11. If you liked today's episode, if it inspired you, resonated something within you, or provided a level of real-world context, let us know. You can find us on Twitter and LinkedIn by searching for ZigBits. You can also send us an email to feedback at zigbits.tech. Don't forget to join us in two weeks for another episode where we will continue to provide real-world context around technology. Bye for now.